Okay, I'm going to call on Sarah to come and speak. This girl here is incredible, and her mother is just... Uh, her mum's a pastor in uh, Palmerston, has been a pastor for many years and is now part of the executive leadership team at Salt uh, Church. These guys are um, uh, pastors um, serving in the youth area for about 10 years now uh, and are just absolute legends. Isn't it cool? One of the things I really love as an, someone who's getting older is looking at the young person, young people uh, that are coming up through the ranks and having been able to have so much confidence and so much excitement at what they're bringing to the table because our job is to train people up to, to do better than we've done, to be more knowledgeable than we are. You know, where to, uh, I used to always tell my, my interns, my job is to pass on everything that I know, every, all my experience to you so you can do better than I do. Um, and that is, and so I just love it when uh, I look at people that are younger than us and they're doing so well in God, and and it just makes your you know your heart warm and that knowing that the church going forward is in great shape, you know that that the church is not going to become extinct. It's going to go harder. It's going to shine brighter. You know, it's going to jump further than than ever before. So, how about we welcome um, Sarah to come on up? So. Awesome. Hello, everybody. Good morning, church. It's so great to be here. And man, I love Dean's heart. Dean and Gina, you are blessed people. Do you know that? <laughs> like for real, do you know that? They are such incredible people. And we're, we're low-key gutted in the Manawatu that we've lost them. But we've lost them to a great place. Yeah, and there's great work to be done here, and um, you guys seem like an amazing bunch of people. We've had the privilege of staying with Viv and Trevor at the retreat, um, and just been relaxing and, and just enjoying their company, and uh, yeah, just being with Dean and Gina, just just you guys, I just want to honour you guys, I want to honour you for, for letting me have the platform this morning, it's, that's no small thing, and uh, I just want to honour you guys for your leadership and always paving a way for the next generation to come through. And um, I know that the church is not going to die on your watch because you are making room and you're paving a way for the next generation to come through. And our, our story with Dean and Gina is that they were just the couple that just loved on us. New to ministry, starting out young, and they just encouraged us every time we'd see them. Like their, their love for life is infectious, and it would shoot something into our souls when we would see them, and they would just encourage us and tell us to keep going and to not quit. And it was never competition between churches. It was always, we're building the kingdom to see people saved and for heaven to come to earth. And so I just love their heart. And so we're, me and C are a product of the input and the investment of Dean and Gina. So we love you and we thank you for all that you've done. So thank you for, for letting us come. It's a real privilege to be here with you guys, to be in your house. Uh, it's not an easy thing to open up your house to some complete random strangers and a hip hopper who, actually I was going to take the dance workshop yesterday, but I thought I'd better let Seal because, you know, 
I did train him up in everything that he knows, but I thought, oh, I'll better give him a go. So, uh, but it's been a, been a privilege to be here, and um, I know Seal's had a great time at the men's breakfast and with our young people. Any young people in the house this morning? Give us a wave. Come on, you are important. It is so great that you, you are not just a youth group kind of Christian, but you're a Sunday, you're a part of the house on Sunday as well, and um, so great. And, and this morning, I believe God wants to do something awesome in this place. I don't believe in going through the motions of church. Anyone with me? I, I, I'm not that kind of person that just likes to sit and hear a message and go through the motions and, you know, just kind of let it go. And, oh, what about lunch? When's lunch? Or what are we going to do tomorrow? You know, no, we're in the house of God. And I don't know about you, but I'm hungry for the Word of God. I'm hungry to not stay the same but to be in his house, to be transformed and to go out, to be all that he's called me to be. So this morning I've got a word that's in my spirit. It's been stirring in my spirit and I believe it's a prophetic word for you guys this morning. And so I wonder if we can pray. Is that cool? As we delve into the word of God this morning. Father God, I, I thank you that you are here. God, you are, a, you are a personal God, and you're right here in this place. And God, I pray that you would take my prep and these words, God, and just take them and do what only you can do, God. Lord, may it not be my voice, but God, may it be your word that spurs on your church, God, that speaks to every heart, Lord God. Lord, I pray that you would tailor make this message to every person here. God, it wouldn't be just a generic words going out, but God, you would speak to hearts, you would speak to situations. You would shift us to a new place this morning. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I've been thinking about this year and thinking about the, the middle of winter slump. Anyone kind of feel that? It's like, oh, winter, batting down the hatches is a great phrase in our family. Just want to hunker down and, and just chill, you know. Middle of the year can be hard. I always remember with youth ministry, it was like, oh, Friday night, so here we go again. And we're like trying to get, get ourselves ramped up to get going. But once we got going, it was awesome. But often in the middle of the year, we can kind of get a bit bleh. And then we wait for new year, new me, right? We kind of survive the second half of the year and we wait for 2020 New Year's resolutions, new year, new me, let's, let's start afresh. What can I achieve this coming year? And we start off with a hiss and a roar. But I believe God wants us to finish out this year strong. He doesn't want us to just get by or go through the motions or, or just survive and, and, and get through the, this last half of the year. He wants us to thrive in this last half of the year. He wants you to get a new fire on the inside of you, to see this year out strong so that you start next year stronger. And I believe that, that to this morning, I want to speak to us about fresh courage, fresh courage, that fresh courage is yours now, not tomorrow, not at the start of 2020, not at the beginning of the year when it was summer and you set a whole lot of goals that you probably haven't met, not then, but fresh courage is yours now. You know, what, what can God do? with a move of people that are courageous? What could God do with a group of people that are unstoppable? 
that dig deep and go, you know what? I've got one life to live. I'm going to live it with all I've got. And I'm not waiting for things to line up. I'm not waiting for my family to get it. I'm not waiting for all the ducks to be in the row. I'm not going to wait for my finances to be in order. I'm just throwing myself in to God's purposes and God's plan. And I'm going to follow Him in every detail of my life. Fresh courage, people, is yours now. And I believe God is calling us as the church to rise in every season, in the winter seasons, in the slow pace or the moments where we just kind of want to pull up the covers and go back to bed. Because like, arise, church. Your time is now. And I need you to shine. And I have fresh courage for you to access you know, I want to I talk this morning about the story of Gideon. Anyone know good old Gideon in the Bible? Good old, non-courageous, ordinary dude called Gideon. You know, his, his story is found in Judges 6, and it starts off by painting a picture of how his land was a mess. The enemy armies would come in regularly and just obliterate his land. They would leave nothing left. His people were a mess. His land was a mess. The enemy had just ridden on in and just taken control. Until one day there was an intervention. An angel of God seeks out this guy called Gideon. Just plain old, inconspicuous, going through the motions, eat, sleep, go to work kind of guy, Gideon. In fact, he even described himself as the weakest in his family, the lowest of the low, the least, the weakest of the weak. It's how he described himself. He didn't mind that he was off people's radar. He didn't mind that he was quiet and contained and just doing his own thing out of sight and out of mind. In fact, when the angel showed up, he was at the bottom of a wine press. He was prepping wheat so that he could hide it away. So when the enemy armies came to attack again, he would be okay. You know, we go, oh, well, that's pretty sad to Gideon. But I believe that there's a bit of an attack on our culture of me and mine and my own. Where we can sort ourselves out like what Gideon was doing. He was sorting out his wheat so that he would be okay. And this can be a sense where we sort out our kids and our family. And if we're doing okay and we, we hide ourselves away in, in a boxed in kind of life. And here he was, not, not out in front not facing the giants, not thinking of others or bigger picture. He was just me and my own, taking care of himself in survival mode, not exactly winning at life, in his own strength. And uh, I believe that when we start to live small and, and insular, we forget the bigness that God calls us to. See, he was not shouting intervene. He was almost shouting, leave me alone. But God knew where Gideon was hiding. And he called him out. He came to Gideon and he called him out. And the first thing he says to Gideon is, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. Do you know that Gideon, the Gideon I just described, 
Little old Gideon, weakest of the weak, the least in his family, doing his own thing, preparing, uh, 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 storing up things for just himself. And yet God calls him mighty warrior. It's like the opposite of the life he is living. But God comes to remind him what his name means. He comes to remind Gideon, you are actually a mighty warrior. God came to remind him that he was called Gideon for a reason. Gideon was content to carry on as per usual. New Year, same him, but God had something else in mind for Gideon's year, for Gideon's season ahead, and he was going to challenge his perspective. He was going to challenge Gideon's courage levels. He was going to challenge Gideon's current activities. God asked a scared, nervous Gideon to go in the strength you have and save Israel. God came to remind him of the strength that he carried on the inside. You see, Gideon had forgotten that he was a mighty warrior. He'd forgotten that there was a little strength on the inside. But God came to remind him, and God came to supersize the little that was on the inside of him. God called him to go forward in a new adventure. I love that God didn't wait for Gideon to come to God. I love that. Probably because he knew Gideon would never get around to it, right? God came to Gideon. He came to him. I love that. He came to Gideon with what he needed. He didn't wait for Gideon to climb out of the winepress. He met Gideon where he was. God comes to you with an opportunity to take hold of fresh courage and to go in the strength that you already have, that you are a mighty warrior. Gideon had lost sight of who he was, but God came to remind him that he was courageous. And he took Gideon from surviving to succeeding, from boring to brave, from weak to warrior, from visionless to vision filled. Oh, he came to take him from contained to courageous. I I don't know about you this morning, but I believe courage runs in our family. The family of God. I believe courage is in our DNA. But we need to be reminded this morning. And and I believe as God came to Gideon, God's going to come to you and meet you here this morning. And remind you, mighty warrior. You were called. You were destined. There is courage on the inside of you. You know, when I, I like to say that courage runs in my DNA, courage runs in my family. I've got a family pick. There we go. Look at that hair. That is my mama, if anyone's wondering. That cute little girl on the right. Yep, sweet and innocent. No naughtiness in her at whatsoever, at all. This is my family. And um, a couple of months after this photo, my dad actually passed away. He was... Um, we were great fishermen, and we had a batch in Turangi, which is just outside Taupo, and he went off to fish, and he never came home. And so my mum was left with lovely, innocent, not so innocent, very naughty child called Sarah Vailoa, <laughs> and her six-year-old son, Matthew. And right there, her world as a 34-year-old woman was just rocked. I've got to look after these two children, three years old and six years old. Don't know how to drive a car. All I know is that we love God, but in this moment I'm confused. 
about why me? Why would God do this, take a great godly man and, and just rock my world? But you, what I love about my mum, she's one of my heroes because there was something on the inside of her that found courage again, that dug again. And God came to her in her mess and in her depression and in her grief and in her moment of being stuck and reminded her, mighty warrior, get up. There's more ahead of you. You have two children to raise, to train up in the ways of God. And, and you know, and it was in this moment of, of desperation that God spoke to her and said, mighty warrior, there's more ahead of you. I love that. I love that. She didn't just roll over and give in to poor widow Lacey mentality. That was her, her name, Sue Lacey. But she rose up. She said, I've got, to, I've got to charge something for the generations that are going to follow me. I've got to rise up because I know that there's a call and a purpose on my life. And my husband's life is over, but my life is not over. And my children's lives are not over. And so courage came back into her DNA. And she stood up and she fought and, and courage pushed her through. You know, I, I believe that Aotearoa needs courageous people. Just like in Gideon's time, there are enemy tactics at play all over our land. The enemy comes, like in Gideon's time, to obliterate our society. There's anxiety. There's, uh, my husband shared a great message on uh, God's peace is greater than anxiety. I had Gina shared about peace. You know, there's, there's, there's godly voices speaking out and against the enemy tactics of anxiety and worry and fear and suicide at an all-time high. And young people don't even come out of their rooms sometimes. And there's enemy tactics to keep people contained and small. Just like in Gideon's time. And God is our intervention. And guess who he's seeking out? He's seeking you out. He's calling you out. He's calling your name, mighty warrior. It's not over. You may be just going through the motions and doing your thing, but it is not over. He's found you in the bottom of your winepress. He's found you in your boxed-in life. If I could have that, that would be great. Just feel prophetically that God just wanted to say to you, some of you are kind of living like this in a box. But God's saying, come out of the box. Come out of the boxed and living. You've been doing things a certain way and a certain pattern for a while. But God's come to smash the box. He's come to say it's time to not live small or contained or, or limited it's time to come out of the box. It's like my mom. It's like Pastor Sue. It's time to step out for the generations ahead of you. It's time to not just cower down and be small and be found in the wine press, just looking after myself and keeping life safe. But it's time to come up and step into the God-ordained promises and purposes for your life. The enemy's out there having fun, and he needs the church to rise up and say, No more. I'm not just going to survive. I'm going into full battle mode. I'm going to rise up in mighty warrior. I'm going to take on that name. You know, God's calling us out of going through the motions kind of living. You may even describe yourself this morning as weak or the very least. Maybe you didn't have a great start at life, but 
Like Gideon, God comes to you and says, no, you are mighty warrior. You are called great. Maybe you don't mind that you're off people's radars. In fact, it's quite nice. Maybe you don't mind that you're quiet and contained. Maybe you don't mind that you're surviving this year. And, and, and maybe you just feel like, I just don't have the strength. Things don't have to be the way that they are. God knew where Gideon was hiding and he came to him. And he came to where he was hiding, behind the emotions, behind the disappointment, behind insecurity. Maybe you're hiding behind age. Maybe you're hiding behind, I've had my season. You know, that sounds real Christian, right? I've had my season. I'm making way now. So I'm just going to take my seat. No, you're not allowed to take your seat until you breathe your last breath. Because a generation don't just need you sitting down. They need you standing up, cheering them on. <laughs> Maybe you're hiding behind busy. Busy, busy. Maybe you're hiding behind expectations. You know, several months ago, I went through a really hard time where my expectations were just low. They were low with people. I've been doing ministry. I've been going to youth group for 18 years of my life. And I'd seen a lot of people come in and come out. And I started to get really disappointed with God and with people. Why aren't people sticking at their faith race? Why are people coming in and I invest so much and I pour so much into them and yet they just bail off? They bail out and, and, and I've invested my life and I've had so many chats and time poured into these people and where are they? Anyone had those moments? I'm just the only non-Christian here, you know? And I started to get really disillusioned with ministry and disillusioned with my call and my influence and felt like God came to me and, and just, just the way the Holy Spirit does, said, Sarah, they're not your people. Stop getting so possessive, so controlling over your people, they're mine. And what you've sown and what you've planted will not go to waste. It is a seed there. And even if they go off, don't worry, you keep praying for them. But they are not yours. Chill. They are mine. And you have done what I've required you to do and it will not go to waste. You know, sometimes we can hide behind expectations and a pessimistic attitude was creeping in for me. And I began to hide under that. But God knew exactly where Gideon was hiding and he knows where we hide. And just like he called Gideon out, he calls you out. And he sees you and he says, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. It says in Deuteronomy 31 verse 8, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear or be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. And He will never leave you. And He will never forsake you. He sees you and says, says in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, For the Spirit of God does not make you timid, but He gives you love and power and a sound mind. He sees you and He says in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 16, Be on your guard and stand firm. Don't stand weak, stand firm in your faith and be courageous and be strong. He sees you and says in Samuel 10 verse 12, be of good courage and let us be a courageous people for the people and for the cities of our God. He sees you and says in Psalm 27 14, wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage. 
You may have a different dialogue about your life and you may be living boxed in and hiding behind some stuff, but God sees you and He calls you out, mighty warrior. Oh, not just Gideon's life, but yours. He's got something else in mind for you. Young person, he's got your high school earmarked with your name on it. University student, he's got uni corridors with your name on it. He's got people that you're sitting next to in your lectures as you're just trying to get through and see get degrees. He's got a purpose and a destiny for you as you sit in that university. Mamas, your only job is not raising babies. He's got, a, he's got more babies than your natural ones for you to raise. Do you know that? Do you know you're called to be a mother of many? Do not shrink your call and your destiny. Raise your babies well, but say, God, how else would you use me? As for me and my house, we're going to serve you, God. Oh, maybe you've had your time in ministry and you're feeling like, oh, just going to leave it for the next. No, God, what's the next dream? I don't want to get to the end of my life and say the first half was so great and so adventurous. And then the second half was just so lovely. No, live the God adventure all your days. Live on the edge all your days. Oh, I don't have it in me anymore. I'm tired. Gideon was nothing. And yet God came to supersize just the little that was inside of him. Can I tell you, it's not about what you can muster up. It's about what God can do on the inside of you with the very little that you have. Maybe it's for you to get up and pray again. Pray again. Maybe it's for you to get up and to dream again. Maybe it's for you to get up and raise leaders again. Oh, fathers, there is a fatherless generation there is young men that have no male role models. I'm a social worker by trade, and the amount of men that do social work and are out there to help young boys through life is so minimal. There may be one male to a class of 25 females, which is great. Go the girls, but men, don't, don't shrink your destiny. Don't shrink your call. Don't shrink the potential in your life. You're called to leave a mark. You're called to be a father. You don't have to have it all together. You just got to love. You just got to say, God, the little that's in me, supersize it like you did with Gideon. He was the weakest of the weak, and yet you used him to be a mighty warrior. Believe God is calling you out this morning. And there's a new commissioning to get going. Get out of the box of fear or the box of busy or the box of lack or the box of timidity or the box of fear or the box of I've had my go or the box of that was my season or the box of the past. God's got a new day ahead. He's got a new vision for Lane Park Church. I believe it. You may have thought we've seen our greatest days. No, you haven't. Your greatest days are ahead of you. And it takes a group of people that are on their knees calling in the favor and the prosperity of God. It takes mobilized people to go out and bring people in. The power of the invite, the power of kindness. You know, my mum's own story was she got saved because someone ironed her clothes. <laughs> That's where it started. It was the kindness of a flatmate that would just iron her clothes, bring her washing in. It changed the trajectory of generations. The kindness of Christ. And their flatmate invited her after being so kind to her. My mum thought, well, oh, I can't say no. She's so kind. Oh, drats. I hate God. I hate church. I hate religion. 
But she stepped into a church building and fell to her knees and the power of God fell on her and her life hasn't been the same since. Started with ironing. Don't think it's got to be flashy. Don't think you've got to be someone fancy. God uses you. But will you, will you step into the mandate of, oh God, use me. Go in the strength. I love that Gideon went in the strength that he already had. Maybe news for you today, but you, there is already strength on the inside of you. There is courage on the inside of you. You know why? Because you're made in the image of God. You have the DNA of God on the inside of you. You don't need Tony Robbins, 21 keys for successful, courageous living. <laughs> you don't need a retreat. Well, I've had a retreat this week and that's been nice, but you don't need that to find out who you are and to answer all of life's questions. You just need to know that you're made with the DNA of God, that there's good stuff on the inside of you. And God comes to supersize that in his strength. And in the going, you will become mighty. In the going, your courage will increase. In the going, your strength will be built. God is coming to you this morning. I believe it. He comes to you with what you need and to remind you again about who you are and who you belong to. Take courage. Take hold of that fresh courage. Oh, that he has, he has gone more for you. You know, prophetically, I just I was praying over you guys. I felt that some of you, have lost sight or forgotten who you are. There's like a bit of an attack on your identity. But God's come to this place to remind you of who you are again this morning. That, that once, like I, I, we've just finished up 10 years of youth pastoring and just handed the baton over. And I remember it being such a struggle because so much of my identity was wrapped up in youth ministry. And it was like this wrestle, and I just wrestled so much with the good old days, like the awesome youth leaders meetings and just the great time we had. We had the best times in youth ministry. I just had the, the greatest days of my life, and yet that was going to close, and I was going to pass it on. And even though I was excited about passing it on, there was a sadness on the inside of me because I felt like it was finished. It was over. What now, God? And you know, the day that we closed up that chapter and I just decided to surrender it and it's, God, it's not about me and my good feelings and all the nice memories, even though that was great. God, I just got to give it over to you. The next day came an opportunity for me and Seal to start up for the first time ever a, a national North Island conference for young people uh, for the AOG movement, uh, the youth movement. And it was like when one door shuts, it was like God just I felt really emotional that day when we got the, the commissioning, would you do this? So I just wanted to cry because it was like God was reminding me when one door shuts, another door opens. And I believe many of you need to hear that today, that maybe a door has shut, a ministry door, a, a passion door has shut, but the, or not all the doors are locked in your life. Another door is going to open up, but it's going to require you to go surrender. It's going to require you to say, God, I just give it over to you. God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to get going. 
You know, sometimes I feel like we just sit back. You see, me and Seal had to get in our car and drive to Wellington and go for this meeting that we had no idea what really was about. But we had to have a bit of action to go to a new place to hear a new dream. I believe prophetically God is saying, don't just sit down, but start to stand up. Get in your car and get driving. God can't use a parked car. He can use one with the ignitions on. And you're you're kind of, you're like, I'm down for the ride, God. But he needs you up and moving. Prophetically, some doors have have closed, but there's new ones that are going to open. Exciting adventures ahead of you, no matter your age. But get up and get going like Gideon. He calls you courageous. And I believe he's going to take you from contained to courageous, from boring to brave, from weak to warrior, from visionless to vision filled. I believe it, church. There's a fresh mandate on your life. You know, when I was in Topo over the summer holidays, anyone jumped off Bully's Point? There's this like little ledge, yes, you feel it, my pain maybe, or you're just like so brave. But there's this ledge in Lake Taupo and it's called Bully's Point and everyone jumps off and I was like, yeah, I'm just, let's do this. And I rocked up confident as and then I looked down and I said, I can't do it. I just had this moment, I went, mean, why me, Lord? This is not my calling anymore. And like all these kids, this is the worst, right? Like I'm 30 in my 30s and all these kids are just like running and jumping off. And I'm like, how is this possible? I'm meant to be brave and older and more with it and you're just like little. And, and I remember all my friends just cheering my name. Come on, Sarah. You know, that's the worst day. Like when you don't want to do something and you're like, oh, sweet ass, I'll just like, like Michael Jackson moonwalk out of the situation. Just like, oh, I've already done it. You know, no. That was not happening. All my friends are around me cheering my name. Come on, Sarah. To the point where the little kids who I don't even know were cheering my name. That just like topped it off. And I remember bringing out all the excuses. Do you know what? I'm so naughty that I was like, my dad died in this lake because I'm so naughty like that. But I was trying to use every excuse, but my friends all knew me and they're like, nah, you're not getting away with that. You're too cheeky for that. And so they kept cheering my name. I remember just grabbing my friend's hand or she grabbed mine. And we're like, okay, let's just do this. I remember holding her hand and still wanting to back out. But who knows, if she was to jump and she was holding my hand and I didn't jump, it wouldn't be pretty. (laughs) I'd probably like scrape myself all the way down the cliff. And so on the count of three, we jumped. And it was amazing, and I loved every minute of it, and it was the best adrenaline rush ever. And those kids got off my back, and I was like, done, a tick. But I believe sometimes it's like that with the call of God. It's like we can hang around the edges. We go, oh, it looks really great, but I can't. I have these excuses of why not. And yet people are cheering your name, but because we're entitled to do what we want to do, and we have autonomy, we just decide to step back out of the God adventure God's calling us to. But I believe God wants us to take the plunge. You see, uh, my day would have been average if I just went home and never did the jump. But I went all in and I did it, even with my ridiculous excuses and trying to get out and trying to get people to back off. Some of you need to realize the people in your world are not calling your name out because they want to annoy you and, and it's time to start stop saying to them, back off. 
But I start to start to lean in and go, well, maybe they're calling my name for a reason. Maybe they're calling my name because they can see the adventure that's still left in me. Maybe they're calling my name, Sarah, because they can see that there's more in me. Sometimes I believe that we need to, like Gideon, get some name clarification. My lovely um, friend Seal here, who I ended up marrying, hilarious. When I first met him at Massey University, we were studying, and um, I spotted him out, this handsome dark man on the corridors of the library. It's like, who is that specimen? But you know what? His name wasn't even Seal. His name was Chris at Massey. Do you remember that? A lot of people called him Chris. I was like, okay, Chris, I thought his name was Seal, but now he's been called Chris. He had lots of like ethnic friends, so it's Chris, and lots of flavor, this name Chris, and I was like, okay, thought your name was Seal, but now it's Chris, and, and then Seal explained to me later, oh yeah, my name's actually meant to be Chrissy Mussy. So my dad, his dad who went down to do the birth certificate kind of got it all muddled and ended up putting the last name as the first name. And so he was actually meant to be Kurisi Masi, which means Christmas in Samoan. But that didn't fly. And so some of his family still call him Chrissy Masi and most of his friends call him Chris. I call him Seal. Then all of his family have a different last name to us. This is a true story. They are called Vailua with two A's, V-A-A-E-L, little dash, U-A, dash, seal. And they, they contacted us a couple of years ago and said, you've got to change your name so you are part of us. And seal was like, there is no way I'm going to be seal, Vailua, seal. Like that is just not happening. That is not of the Lord. So still to this day, we are the only Vailuas. We quite like that, eh? We're like, well, we're just doing our own thing. Classic Sarah and Seal. And then to top it off, I was at Seal's family home, and I see his 21st key. And I see a picture of Seal on this 21st key. And I was like, what? But the name on the 21st key says Krishan. I said, do you have a brother that I don't know about? Is there a twin in your life? Do, do we need to break up? I don't even know you anymore. There is a picture of you with the name Krishan. And Seal said to me, oh, yeah, nah, it's just my mum decided that was a name she really wanted to call me. But she didn't get the chance. So she was in charge of the 21st key and she thought, now's my chance. Love Indian names. I'm going to put Krishan on the key. Ha. Talk about a naming crisis at an all-time high. You know what? Seriously, sometimes we can be the same. We can go from, I can do this. I've got this. God is with me too. I can't. Maybe I didn't hear God right. Maybe that call isn't for me. We can flop and change between names. But God wants you to get your name right. Not to change from, I can to I can't or I don't have the energy, to I am commissioned. God wants you to stay clear with the name he's given you. What are you calling out over yourself? Do you know a name frames who you are? God addressed Gideon by his name, Mighty Warrior. This morning I believe God is calling out your name again and he's saying Mighty Warrior. Mighty man, mighty woman, mighty young person, mighty young adult. I'm calling you out. You are a courageous people. You are a courageous house. You wear identity, the identity of courage. I believe there's power in the name, in a name. It brings vision and it brings clarity. 
when we had our son, we called him Luca, which means bringer of light. And then we were just like, well, we want him to be brave as well. So let's just call him brave. So he's called Luca Brave. (laughs) Because we believe that there's power in the name. What we're calling out over him every second of the day because he's doing something naughty. Luca Brave. (laughs) Stop doing that. Luca Brave. Awa. Luca Brave. Don't touch. We're calling out. You are bringer of light. (laughs) You're a bringer of light, even though you're bringing chaos right now. You're a bringer of light. You see, name clarification is important. What you call out, what you label yourself with is so crucial. Call out the the names that God has called you. Language causes focus, vision, and there's power in what God calls you. There's power in the name that he gives you. And I, I believe God wants you to frame this next leg of the year with a name clarification of mighty warrior. When we get our name right, we need to have a courageous declaration. A second thing the Lord said after reminding Gideon of his name, Mighty Warrior, was reminding him of who God was. He said, Mighty Warrior, the Lord is with you. What follows your label? Do you know there's power in knowing the nature of your God? There's power in declaring who your God is. And here's God reminding him, Mighty Warrior, I'm with you. I'm not the God who will desert you. I won't, won't shortcut you. I'll stick by you. I'm with you for the long haul. You are not alone. You see, there's power and it's the package deal when you know who you are, but you also know who you belong to. It's the package deal. In fact, you can't know who you are without knowing whose you are. Recently, my washing machine gave up the ghost and I went in and I didn't say, I, I just want a washing machine. I wanted to know the manufacturer. I wanted to know the make. I wanted to know if it was reliable and reputable because there's something about knowing it's a washing machine, but there's something about knowing the maker and the reputation and the reliability of the maker that makes me then want to make a choice with what washing machine I go with. But it's the same with us. We can know who we are, but do we know our maker, that he's reputable, that he's reliable, that there's something that's sealed in that moment when you know who he is, you start to have a different declaration. Who he is is 100% linked with who you are. It's 100% linked. Would you speak to the storm? Would you call your emotions back into line with the word of God and who he says he is? Would you change your declaration from victimized to courageous? God is with you. God is with you. Courage is yours. This morning as I bring this message to a close, I believe that God's just saying you are a courageous church. Don't you forget it. Don't you forget your DNA. You serve a courageous God. You don't serve a weak, manby-pamby God. That's good news for all the men in the house, eh? Sometimes Christianity can feel really feminine, but God wants to remind you, now he's a warrior. He's on the battle line, and he needs warriors. He needs warrior men and women to be on the battle line. This isn't a sit-down, have-a-tea-party kind of Christian life he's called us to. This is like Gideon's time, right? The enemy's ripping our land off. The enemy's ripping our people off. I'm going to take charge. You know, when Gideon fully stepped into mighty warrior, the Lord is with him. He had the word of God on who he was and on who God was. And that was enough. You know, he mobilized 300 men and they obliterated, they destroyed 135,000 warriors. Just 300 of them. And at the end of the fight, it ended with the enemy saying, 
He has the look of a king's son. You know, the moment you step into courageous living and you shift your focus and you go, all right, I'll step up. God, you've found me. I'm here. I can't hide any longer. I've got nothing, but I'll do what you ask. There's, a, there's this, this, this mandate that comes upon you that you will look like a king's son. You'll look, you'll carry an identity that people will notice. God didn't just use Gideon to snuff out the oppressor for 10 years or 20 years. In verse 26, it says that he snuffed out the oppressor forever. Weak, least in his family, hiding in the bottom of a, of a wine press, boxed in little Gideon, snuffed out the enemy forever. In the going, he killed 135,000 with only 300. And he had the look of a king's son that even the enemy declared that. There's power when you have courage. The ripple effect of courage. I can say that when my mom got out of her box of grief and depression and loneliness and the labels of widow and what she put on herself, the ripple effect is that me and my brother love and serve the house of God. And she's now, she's going to have seven grandchildren. We're expecting <laughs> yeah, three months, oh, 11 weeks today. But <clears throat> the generations are coming through the house of God are not silenced or unsure. Yes, have our moments of weakness and Carter, you're there. And we're not perfect. But we, have, we carry a deep conviction that we're called to be courageous. We're, we've got courage in our DNA. We've got courage because Jesus created us. I believe that if you move, God will bring a miracle. He'll bring a miracle in your high school. He'll bring a miracle in your university. He'll bring a miracle in your workplace. He'll bring a miracle as you're kind and as you're courageous and as you step out with the little that you've got. God will supersize that. Maybe he's calling you back into women's ministry to start something for mums. Maybe he's calling you to just open your home once a week. Maybe he's calling you to invite someone for dinner. Maybe he's calling you to, to gather the young boys, the fatherless generation, and speak life over them. I don't know. But I do know that when one door shuts, another opens. And I do know that the future is bright. And I do know with a mobilized group of people that believe in, in God and the courage He's deposited inside of them, whoa, watch out. Watch out, Wellington. Lane Park Church is coming. A group of courageous, mobilized people encouraged by the story of Gideon. Doesn't quite make sense, but I love that nothing about God kind of makes sense. He uses us. Simple. Lives just sacrifice to him. God, what next? Saw this picture of this lion and the classic one is I thought about quitting, but then I noticed who was watching. But I believe this is for you guys. Thought about settling, but then I noticed who was watching. Shake off being settled. Shake off just going through the motions. Shake off the past. There's a new day. Let's not settle church. I wonder if you're with me and you want to stand and say, God, I want more courage for whatever arena you call me to. Why don't you stand with me this morning? And I want to pray for us as a collective group. I've got weak people, but 
warrior people, people on a mission, people that are going to say, you know what? Fear has marked me. I closed some doors, but there's a new chapter ahead of me. Courage is going to mark me. Strength is going to mark me. I'm stepping into all God's got for me. So God, right now I pray for this incredible bunch of people, God. You're chosen, you're called, that they are not a mistake in this place. God, that they are in this house for such a time as this. And God, I pray that you would open up fresh doors, new opportunities. God, I pray that courage would go deep on the inside of them and they would begin to step out like Gideon did with the little that they've got but God they would feel the supernatural hand of God come to supersize dreams come to supersize courage come to supersize vision and dreams God Lord I pray that there would be an outpouring of your spirit in this place God we're saying we will go we will not be boxed in God we will be mobilized to see your kingdom come Oh God, we will be mobilized to see your kingdom come. God, use us, I pray. God, I pray fresh commissioning over Lane Park Church. God, I declare prophetically that their greatest days are ahead of them. They are not behind them. I prophetically declare that they will go into places and they will be bringers of light like Luca Brave and they will be fearless in the pursuit of bringing your kingdom to earth. God, show them the next steps, God. God, give them a dream again. Plant a vision in their heart. God, may this city be forever changed because of what you've deposited in the hearts of this courageous group of people. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, church. Come on. Greatest days are ahead of you. Thank you, Sarah. Wasn't that absolutely amazing? Who feels inspired? Who feels ready to go again? Who feels ready to get out of the wine press? Yeah? It's great. Thank you so much.